，你准备平安。Peace to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. 咱继续思想对方量高荣耀这个系列的信息。We will continue the sermon series entitled "From Ruin to Glory." 今天呢，咱来对麦是以历史查做咱的一面的镜。History as a mirror will be our message for this day. 根本是撒加利亚书的一九一九第六章。Passage: Zechariah chapter one, verses one to six. 哈盖及撒加利亚是上世纪嘅先知。Prophets Haggai and Zechariah are contemporaries。哈盖应该比较比较较年长。And Haggai could be a few years older than Zechariah。撒加利亚是一个少年嘅先知。And Zechariah at that time was a young prophet。所以上帝用一个老嘅一个少年，两个先知轮流来传讲上帝信息。And during that time, God used an older prophet。And a younger prophet to alternatingly、uh, deliver his word. 来鼓励犹太人重建上帝圣殿。In order to encourage the Israelites to rebuild God's holy temple. 第大利乌王第二年六月初一。On the first day of the six months of King Darius second year. 哈盖传出头一遍信息。Prophet Haggai delivered his first message. 被重建重整生命优先的出处。In order to remind the Israelites how to reset. Their lives' priorities. For God has shown the Israelites how His holy temple remained in ruin. And yet the Jews responded, "The time for building His temple is not yet here." And they themselves. Uh, went about constructing their own paneled houses. And they set aside God's temple. And they prioritized their own residences. And showed us how misaligned or misarranged their lives' priorities were. And they lost the opportunity to receive God's blessings. On the twenty-first day of the seventh month of the reign of King Darius, Haggai delivered his second message. Prophet Haggai delivered his second message. How God's presence could be considered the greatest glory. At the time when the second message was delivered, the Israelites had already started rebuilding the holy temple. Three years、uh, earlier, three weeks earlier. And yet, their endeavor were discouraged by people、uh, seemingly throwing cold water in their face. That the Israelites were disappointed. Because when you compare the second temple with the earlier first temple, the second temple could not compare. With the first temple. So, and that's why people says,、uh, "What's the use of rebuilding this?" And in 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 the message of Prophet Haggai, God reminded the Israelites that、uh, building God's temple, the greatest glory is His presence. The glory of God's temple is not dependent on the gold or silver, but instead in the presence of the Lord with them. Without God's presence, no amount of gold nor silver 
or participants or people's presence could compare with God's glory. Because His presence is the greatest glory in the whole world. And one month after that, on the eighth month of King Darius' second year's reign, Prophet Zechariah delivered his first message. And this could be found in Zechariah chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. And we entitled the theme of this message as History as a Mirror. Uh, in China, there's a very famous emperor called Tang Taichong. And he uh, mentioned this very famous quote. Using a bronze mirror, one could tidy one's clothing. If you use history as a mirror, you can predict and know the rise and fall of a nation. If you use the life of others, other people as your mirror, then you will know how to gain or you will differentiate the losses. What does this mean? In the past, the mirror were made of bronze. If you view yourself in front of a bronze mirror, then you'll see how tidy or untidy your own clothing would appear. If you use the history as a mirror before you, in the same way, you'll also realize and understand the reason behind a nation's rise and fall. If you look at the lives of other people and look at them as if you're looking at the mirror, if you know how to accept others' constructive criticism and their comments, then you will know if the person will gain or lose. When Prophet Zechariah brought the Israelites back into the history, so that they may learn the lessons from previous historical past, in order for them to learn how to move ahead. Let us first look at a passage found in the book of Zechariah, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell your people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaim. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your ancestors now and the prophets? Do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve. 
just as he determined to do. And in this passage, we discovered three very important things. History is his story. History lets us see examples and warnings. History allowed us to know the principles of God's ways. Let us first take a look at the first point. Why history is considered as his story. Somebody once said, History is God's story. And there's nothing wrong at all with what this statement means. Especially in the lives of the Israelites, we could see this evidently true. In history, you will never find any nation who has been destroyed in ruin for 500 years and yet they were able to rise up again. And yet, the Israel, Israel nation, they have been destroyed. They have been totally in ruin for 2,000 over years and yet they were able to rise up again. And on the uh, 14th day in the month of May, in the year 1948, Israel announced their independence as a nation. It can never happen. And yet, it happened in the nation called Israel. That's why somebody once said, The restoration of this country, Israel, is the best proof of God's existence. The the story of the nation Israel is the same way the story of God. In Zechariah chapter 1 verse 2, The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Though the statement might appear to be very simple, and yet it showed us the main reason behind the destruction and uh, ruin of Israel as a nation. For the Lord was indeed very angry with this country. If you ask, how come and why is it that the Lord was extremely angry at this nation? In verse 4. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen, nor pay attention to me, declares the Lord. And through the prophets, God reminded the Israelites, You need to leave your evil ways and your evil practices. And yet, you refuse to listen. It brought about the great anger and wrath of God towards the Israelites. Allow me to explain in a simple term the reason behind the destruction of Israel. 
after King Solomon reigned. And that country was divided into two different countries or nations. The southern nation and the northern nation. There are ten tribes which belong to the northern nation. And uh, throughout the history, 19 kings reigned. But none among the 19 could be considered as good kings. All of these kings worshipped idols. They worshipped the golden calf. And they worshipped Baal. And they worshipped Aseras. And they uh, live a uh, morally corrupt lives. And great prophets were sent to reprimand and to warn them. Just like Prophet Elijah, Prophet Elisha. And yet, this people refused to repent. And 722 before Christ. And they were destroyed or annihilated by the Assyrians. In the human eyes. Because of the great and power of the Assyrians. And they are such a dreadful army. And that's why the northern nation was destroyed. And how will the Bible describe this phenomenon? In 2 Kings chapter 17 verse 7, All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up from Egypt from the power uh, under the power of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. They worship other gods. And in verses 13 to 14, The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, Turn from your evil ways, observe my commands and decrees, in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey, and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. But they would not listen, and were as stiff-necked as their ancestors who did not trust in the Lord their God. In the end, in verse 18, so the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his presence. And that's the explanation given by the Bible. It's not because of the power and might of the Assyrians, but it's because of the moral corruption of the Israelites. For God's anger was greatly against them. And because of this, God made use of the nations to drive them away. Let's look at 
the southern nation. There are only two tribes in the southern kingdom. There are 20 kings in the reign. But eight kings were considered as good kings. Those who did what was right in the eyes of God. And yet 12 among the 20 were considered as evil kings. And during the time of their reign, the entire nation followed the evil king in worshipping idols. And during that time, the moral standard were considered to be corrupt and uh, very low. In the same way, God sent prophets to reprimand them. Just like prophet Jeremiah, prophet Isaiah. And yet, eight good kings reigned during that time. Even after the fall of the northern nation, God was patient with the southern kingdom, southern nation, and added 120 years in their lives. And they were destroyed until 586 BC by the Babylonians. Let us look how the Bible explained this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 36 verses 15 to 17. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, sent word to them through his messengers again and again because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mock God's messengers, despise his words, and scoff at their prophet. Until the wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people and there was no remedy, he brought up against them the king of the Babylonians. Who killed their young men with a sword in the sanctuary and did not spare young men or young women, the elderly or the infirm. God gave them all into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. If you pay attention, dear church, God's anger was against the northern nations and also likewise against the southern nations. And the end, the two nations were helpless and hopeless and lies in destruction. When Prophet Zechariah brought the Israelites back to their history, and reminding them in the past tense that the Lord Jehovah God Almighty uh, was angry at our ancestors for they refused to listen to God's word. If history is God's own, God's own story, everything is in His hands. And may the Lord help us as we learn lessons in history and let us not arouse His anger again because the end will be so uh, 
very fear, dreadful. Secondly, history will allow us to see examples and warnings. In verse 2, the Lord was very angry with your ancestors. What should we do? And in verse 3, Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And this is what we are supposed to do. Turn to God. We are supposed to return back to God. This is the first thing that we need to do. In verse 4, do not be like your ancestors. This is something that we should not do. From history, we are reminded what we should and we should not do. Let us see the examples of do and the warnings of do not in the history. When God has provided us with the history, the good examples provided by the history for us to follow and obey, and the bad examples and practices for us to avoid and not to do in in, in history. From Old Testament to the New Testament, there are 66 books. And allow me to share with you the statistics. There are 39 books in the Old Testament and 929 verses. And 17 of these 39 books are considered historical books. And there are 436 chapters. There are 27 books in the New Testament. 260 chapters within. Five of which are considered historical books. Hundred seventeen chapters were considered historical chapters. And from here we are shown that at least half or more than half uh, of the Bible are considered as historical books. You may ask, why did God leave for us this historical basis? Stories in history would provide models or good examples for us to follow or warning for us to avoid. Let's take a look at the first thing. Examples of the Bible provided uh, the biblical characters as good examples. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out 
for us. The twelfth chapter of the book of Hebrews is considered as the chapter of、uh, characters of faith in the Bible. Uh, starting from Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, Joseph, and Joseph, Moses, Moses, Rahab, Rahab, Gideon, Gideon, Samuel, Samuel, David, David, and many、uh, characters of faith who are whose name are not mentioned. And the Bible described these people as a great cloud of witnesses. All of them provided us with good examples for us to follow. So, at the singing season, whenever you read the Bible, singing limbos is a good example. Let's follow them. Biblical characters provided good examples for us to follow. However, there are also biblical characters who provided warnings for us to avoid. In the book of First Corinthians, chapter ten, verses one to six. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. And drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them; their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things, as they did. And let us jump to verse eleven. These things happened to them as examples, and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Those who have left Egypt, time and again they complain against God in the wilderness, and they long for the evil things. That most of them. Died in the wilderness. And from this verse, we are shown that these things happened to them as examples, as warnings for us. To warn those who are living in the end times like us. Hey, can you see this, dear church? How many historical stories God has provided us? In order to help us. On the positive side, they provided good examples. On the negative side, it also provided warnings to warn us. But unfortunately. As if we never learned the stories and the lessons from history. And this is not what I personally said. This statement was made by the great、uh, Jewish historian Josephus. We have all failed to learn from the lessons of history. And there's nothing wrong with this comment. Whenever you return back to history, be it on a personal side or as a nation, repeat, repeat again, then a mistake. 
uh, oftentimes we find ourselves committing and repeating the same mistakes. Example. Allow me to share with you this example. In King Charles the of Sweden invaded Russia. At that time, King Charles the Twelfth was a very powerful person. Initially, he planned to invade even up to Moscow. And during that time, Russia was governed by Peter the First. And during that time, King Peter the First uh, devised a very special and unique way to fight against King Charles. The, the strategy was called Scorch Earth Policy. In simple terms, it means that I will not fight against you. If you invade me, I will run. But before I run away, I will burn everything to the ground. Houses, fields, and everything will be burned to the ground. And you know how vast and how wide the nation Russia is. And when the invading Swedish arm, uh, Swedish army uh, progressed and, and entered into the Russian grounds, and they discovered that everything were burn, everything was burned. And here comes the problem. And later on, this invading Swedish army realized that they now have no food to eat, no water to drink. And uh, what's more uh, dreadful is. Yeah, we all know that uh, the, the extreme winter of Russia is very difficult to endure. If you have no food to eat, if you have no place to sleep, and yet the weather is extremely cold. Do you know? Uh, together with 40,000 invading army, the King Charles of Sweden invaded Russia. And on the way back, they only have 10,000 uh, 10, uh, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10,000 left. 100 years later, in the year 1812, the great uh, general of France, Napoleon, invaded Russia. At that time of the invasion, Napoleon has already uh, conquered many parts of Europe. And he brought along more than 100,000 uh, invading army. They wanted to attack Russia. Russia And Russia made use of the same strategy. Scorched earth policy. They refused to fight against the invading French army. Whenever they invade, 
the Russian army would retreat. But before they run away, they would burn everything to the ground. And in the end, the French army found themselves stuck deep inside Russia. In the same way, they made the fate. They have no food to eat. They suffered extreme cold. And they have no place to live. Do you know? Those who died out of the bitter winter and those who died with no food to eat exceeded those who died in battle. More than 100,000 French army died inside Russia. At the peak of Napoleon's career, he fell from grace. And a hundred years later, in the year 1941, and Germany's Hitler ordered an attack on Soviet Union. And during that time, the uh, army of Soviet Union also used the same strategy. Scorch Earth Tech Apology. Everything happened in the same manner. And it brought about Similar result. And the, the number of German soldiers who died in the bitter uh, winter of Russia, the death far exceeded those who died in battles. Dear church. King Charles III of Sweden, Napoleon Bonaparte of France. Hitler of Germany. These three leaders made similar mistakes. Because these three persons never learned from history. And may God help us. All of us are like that. All the mistakes that we commit has already happened in history. And you ask yourselves, how come I keep on committing the same mistake? Because of our pride. Because we refuse to listen to others. And I'm not criticizing you. Including those of us who are in the ministry, the pastors and the reverends. And many times we have seen well-known uh, personalities in the ministry who have committed adultery, who failed in their handling or management of wealth. In the U.S. they have, Filipino. similarly in the Philippines, Singapore. even in Singapore, Hong Kong. even in Hong Kong, all over the world. Why? Why? Pastors and reverends never learn their lessons from history. May the Lord God have mercy on us. None of us could escape this. Unless we are careful, unless we are watchful, we will end up committing the same mistake. History, let us know the principle uh, as, as, as an example and warnings. Third, history 
will let us know the principles of God's ways. Let's read verses 5 and 6. Where are your ancestors now and the prophets? Do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Now God asks us these two questions. The first question is, Where are your ancestors now? And there's only one answer. They are no longer existing. Ancestors and prophets will not remain forever. The second question is, Did not my words and decrees overtake your ancestors? And there's only one answer. Yes, it overtook your ancestors. For God's word will never change. What God said will be fulfilled. And now you see the ruin and destruction of the Jewish nation. But 70 years later, they have returned. God's words are 100% accurate. Because the word of God will never change. Heaven and earth will change. But God's word will never change. In today's world, and we could consider this as a postmodern world. Everything is in contradictory and opposite uh, viewpoint and relativity. There's no absolute standard. But Christians, please be careful. God's word, God's laws will never change. And everything that we do will be our standard. For Jesus once said, and found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, Truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, now the least stroke of a pen will by means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Church, can you see this? And history showed us this very important thing. The standard, the basis how God does his things. Almighty. Whenever you call and proclaim that our Lord God Almighty. Almighty, he bears Elohim. In Hebrew, it means Elohim. Elohim and the meaning of Elohim is not only is he an almighty God, he is also the almighty who is self-restrained. What does this mean? Though our God is so great and, and awesome, and yet he restricted and restrained himself in the truth. Because of God's greatness, for the powerful God, no one could limit or stop him from doing anything. And that's why he allowed himself to be restrained inside the truth. May I ask you this question? Is there anything that God cannot do? 
You may say no. You are wrong. You are wrong. There are some things that God cannot do. You are surprised and ask, what are they? God cannot lie. God cannot be uh, lacking in faith. And God cannot be unrighteous. God cannot steal. God cannot be covetous. He cannot commit adultery. And you can continue on. Then I discovered that despite of what we have just mentioned that what God cannot do you and I continue to commit such mistakes. Is this true? If God cannot lie, we as humans If God says he will not be covetous, as humans we are so covetous. If God cannot be so wicked, and we are so deceptively wicked, and yet, it doesn't mean that you are greater than God. It just proved to you how fallen and how corrupt our human nature is. Dear God, dear God. First, we need to understand the standard behind God's ways. Everything He does is according, in accordance to the truth. God will never do anything apart from the standard of truth. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Dear church, we need to live our lives in accordance to the principles of the Bible. You will foresee good results before us. When the prophet Zechariah told the Israelites, as we return back to God, for now we know the standard behind God's ways. Whenever we turn back to God, God will turn back to us. Our God is a God full of mercy and grace. If history is God's own story. And with the help of history, we will know the principles of God's ways. In the same way, history are examples and warnings that He left behind us. Let us humbly learn from history and let us not make the mistakes again and again over and over again. May the Holy Spirit of God help us. With today's message, let us carefully self-examine our lives in the past. And we need to return back to God. Because you know what your future will have for you.
Please remember that God will not do things carelessly. May the Lord help us. Let's pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. The first message of Prophet Zechariah that preached to us. So that we may learn from the mirror of history before us. For God is a a God who reigns and rules over history. That through history, we learn lessons from our lives past. Please prevent us from committing the same mistakes again. Because God, you are a God who will not uh, do things carelessly. For we all know whatever we sow, we will likewise reap. Please help us to be humble before you. Please help us to learn your lessons. We thank God. Listen to our prayers. In the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, December 20 will be the next time we see each other again. So, and next Sunday, I shall share with you a Christmas message. Where can we find peace will be the topic. And this message is evangelistic in nature. Please invite your non-believing friends and relatives to listen. We all know that the year that's about to end, the year 2020, is not a year that we experience peace. But to those of us who be, we believe in the Lord, do you experience peace? Where is your peace? Next Sunday, let's listen to this message. Let's see each other next Sunday. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.